Hello. Welcome back to another wonderful episode. And we're together again. Grace, how are you? Josh, I'm so good, thank you. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting away to you for the last half an hour um, before we started pressing record. So I hope that uh, listeners can hear the smiles on our faces. Um, yes. Yeah, it feels like it's been um, a bit of a while since we recorded together just because we've had so many guest episodes, which is always fabulous. But it's nice going back to basics and just having us two again. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's important what we've been doing, and I think with what's happening in the world, and and um, you know, it's 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 interesting because our podcast has sort of, you know, I think to up to date, like the existence of this podcast has mostly been about health, wellness, fitness, and we also talk about lifestyle. But like lately, the current events is it's all about lifestyle. It's all about. Um, you know, the elephant in the room, so to speak, the the topic of, um, well, I, I guess this is a good point to talk about the, the episode that was just released, the Katsu episode, was before the protests that were happening and, and things uh, involving George Floyd and uh, Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. I think that was all before all of that happened, right? So... Mm. When we released this late, this last episode, it was kind of like, okay, this was in the queue, but we pushed the episode with myself and Loic Mabanza and Isha Blocker. We pushed that one ahead because of the the relevancy, right? Yeah, so so this is a podcast that includes all of that too because it's life. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's a conversation that should not be sidelined. I think it needs to permeate everything that you know we discuss these days and... I think, you know, it's very interesting that we have a kind of global perspective, right? Because Mm -hmm. obviously I'm from the UK, you're representing the US. And, you know, naturally, like there are protests in solidarity happening across the world. But I think the UK definitely has an institutional structural racism problem. Um, Mm. And, you know, as we were saying, you know, the police aren't exactly murdering people in the UK at the moment. But like in the US but it's definitely you know we have a lot of work to do over here um Mm. so hopefully you know we can get a bit of the UK perspective um but I think it's just a nice reminder that you know the whole world is watching this and the whole world is taking part in the conversation and providing support totally and 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 I'll finish by saying I think one of the things that I want to make sure that becomes evident with this podcast is that be simply because we have now gone on to talking about more things about health and wellness and things like that doesn't mean that we're going to forget about the conversation and we're going to just tuck it under the sheets again and and sweep it under the rug we're going to keep it as a part of the conversation while also making sure that we we continue to try to help people optimize their health and wellness and, and and everything else in their life at the end of the day, this psychological lifestyle component is a part of health and wellness. So um, stay tuned as we try to get other guests. I know you and I talked about other guests that we're going to get on that that is, is going to be very, very interesting. If you, if you don't know about this podcast, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to it now, that assumes that you know about it. But definitely share this because we're going to start to get very deep 
with even with this conversation today, we're going to get deep about how to utilize your your energy stores in your body. But we're also going to take it to another level with getting deep about police brutality and racism and all kinds of stuff. So this is going to be that weekly check in, I think, for all things optimization. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Th- thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> having said that, um, the the general focus of this episode is going to be discussing um, a book. We haven't done a book episode in a really long time, actually. But, you know, it's not going to be a book review. It's going to be more of a knowledge sharing opportunity. Do you want to take us through the book that we're doing this week? Yeah. So like you mentioned, of course, we love to read and uh, reading has been a big part of the, the last few years of my career when it comes to research and things like that. And so one of my favorite authors in, in all things nutrition is uh, Catherine Shanahan, Dr. Kate Shanahan or Dr. Catherine Shanahan. And I was first introduced to her writing work with the book Deep Nutrition. And that thing is like an encyclopedia. It's like a, it's a huge book full of knowledge, full of all kinds of things. And she's most notably known for working with the Los Angeles Lakers, which is kind of interesting because I'm in LA right now uh, while we record this podcast. But she was one of the the people to kind of turn on the light bulb and open up the idea of nutritional health for people like Kobe Bryant and Dwight Howard and, and things of those nature. The, basically the the stars on the, the, the LA Lakers. So when her latest book came out, I read Deep Nutrition, but when her latest book, The Fat Burn Fix, came out, I thought, ah, okay, maybe there's some updated information on, on the book Deep Nutrition and called The Fat Burn Fix. Well, who doesn't want to become a fat burner, right? Who doesn't want to learn how to burn more fat? So the, the title is very catchy, but I knew that a book out by Dr. Kate Shanahan is definitely one to read. So that's why I suggested suggested it to you. And that's also why I got it from my mom and a few other clients. So yeah, let's let's dive into it. Yeah, fab. And yeah, I've definitely, you've you've mentioned her work before. So it, it is really exciting that I've been able to take part in reading this book or, you know, reading parts of this book and getting to grips with something because Definitely in the past, at least like, you know, last year when we were doing quite a few of the summaries of what you've been reading, I think there were a couple of books or a lot of books where I hadn't read them and I was just doing more of an interview kind of role. But I was really pleasantly surprised that this book made a lot of sense. I found it to be a trustworthy source of information, which is good because I'm quite cynical sometimes. (laughs) and I just I found it a really refreshing accessible read by the way this episode is not sponsored (laughs) in any way (laughs) right Uh, this this episode is brought to you by yeah not not that (laughs) um yep but but great point like as we go into it you know before we recorded we talked about how we want to position this episode we don't like you mentioned we don't want it to be a review point by point, but we do want to talk about some of the takeaways and neither one of us have have uh, read the entire book, but that's okay because there was plenty of takeaways. I mean, I, I took so many notes and screenshots on this book and I know you did as well and I'm a quarter of the way through it or, or a third of the way through it. So when, when you first got the book, what was your initial kind of response? I mean, besides what you just mentioned, which was beautifully put. 
In the past, when I was inhabiting more of a, particularly for women, it's done in a way where it's kind of a punitive, I'm going to need to lose loads of weight, how can I get rid of this fat? So I guess there's a little part of me that still has that hang up or that trepidation before reading a book that's called The Fat Burn Fix. Mm. So again, I, I, I used the word refreshing earlier and I think that was just really my takeaway from it. It was refreshing to read that she was very candid about the fact that, you know, the science or the scientific teaching of of diets and nutrition has changed drastically over the last few decades. And the usual wisdom of starving yourself or going on extreme diets and, you know, cutting out carbs is actually one of the reasons why obesity has been rising, because we end up in this cycle of just not having enough energy. So I think we're going to go into this now a bit more, but I think it was just her focus on energy and it's not about numbers on a scale but the way that you feel which is kind of radical absolutely absolutely yeah it's you know there there's a thing that that i took away that i thought was really important which is learning how to shift the the thought of of what's happening in our bodies um and you know and once you understand that it's like you know we most of the time are in America today, and probably in most of the world, we're used to being sugar burners. We we get this this um, influx of carbohydrates and sugars and and energy, right, <clears throat> in the form of food. So um, I always used to say, if you have any amount of unwanted body weight on your body, that means you have a, a surplus of energy. Right now, before I used to say, you know, you had a surplus of fat or a surplus of, of, of carbohydrates, and I would break it down in the macronutrients and things like that. But when you when you say it differently, like she pointed out in the book, and you say you have a surplus of energy, then that should get you to shift your thinking and think, okay, well, if I have a surplus of energy, but I don't feel energized, right? So you have a surplus of energy sitting on your body, but you feel weak and you feel tired. That's when you should understand that, wait a minute, maybe I'm not utilizing that energy properly. <laughs> and so understanding this should give you an idea of like what I've learned from the book, even, you know, just to explain it in a way that makes sense. Absolutely. And I guess just to summarize the, the central thesis of her book, it's, it's basically discussing the fact that our metabolisms now generally aren't working the way that they should be. And it's because because of our diets and the way that our body is now processing food, we're just not burning the right type of energy in our body, right? So our bodies are used to burning our body fat, so the, you know, the fat on our actual bodies, and that's what it's meant to be burning, but actually we're burning dietary fats, so the sugars and, and everything else in our diets that aren't right. And I kind of liked thinking of it almost like thinking that you're a car, and you know there are like two types of of petrol you can use you can use unleaded and diesel or whatever and mm-hmm. it's like you should be using unleaded but you've been using diesel and it, you know it, i guess i don't know enough about cars for this analogy to work properly <laughs> <laughs> but, you know if it's running on the wrong type of of petrol or energy then you're not going to get the results that you that you want to see and you're well, going to be lacking in energy and motivation well said and good point about the car situation. I think a, a better way that I would maybe, and I used to use this analogy, um, is you could have, let's say you have a sports car 
-hmm. And here in the U.S., I don't know how it is in the U.K. and and Europe and other parts of the world, but at least here in the U.S., we've got, um, like, if you have a sports car or a high-powered car, you can have unleaded, you can have uh, super unleaded, and you can have premium unleaded. And the premium um, or the super, because some places don't have all three, but basically the the premium is what you would want to put in your high-powered car. Like, now, you would it work if you put regular unleaded in, in your car? Yeah, but, you know, it may not, like, the, the fuel utilization may not be as primed. Or if you put um, extra air intake into the, into the, the, the engine, then you're going to be, you're going to have a better running engine. And so our bodies, each of our cells are like little engines, little, little batteries, and it's known as mitochondria. So how do we, how do we make sure that our, our engines are running properly when we have clean burning fuel? So there you go. So there you go. So you, you, you fixed my analogy for me. I appreciate that. You know a lot more about cars than I do. Yeah, it's all good. It's <laughs> all, all good. All petrol. <laughs> but um yeah I, I you know whatever analogy or you know accurate analogy you use I think it's just it's a really interesting way of looking at things right because mm-hmm. we've always been at least you know I've always had this we've been taught that if you want to lose weight then you just need to eat smaller portions or exercise more and it's not as c- cut and dry as that really and I really appreciate it that you know the plan she puts forward for fixing your metabolism and eventually losing weight is focused on slow weight weight loss and a sustained lifestyle change right yes. it's not it's not a promise of this will make you lose 10 pounds in 2 weeks it's a no this is how you're going to feel better in your body and have the energy you need to thrive and then you can lose the weight that you want to if you still have the excess energy Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I, I took some screenshots and, I, and I, feel, I feel like this is, you know, I'll read some of this off because whenever I read books, the reason why I like to read on uh, my iPad is because I get a chance to like highlight and take screenshots and, I, and it stays with me. So some of these are important. I'll go through these quickly and then we can we yeah. can carry on. OK, so uh, one of the first things that I, I screenshotted and, and highlighted in the book was what blocks fat burn there's a section of chapter that says what blocks fat burn and the thing that i i highlighted was most obesity researchers point correctly to an influential set of guidelines titled nutrition and your health dietary guidelines for americans 1980 the government documented document encouraged americans to cut down on their intake of saturated fat restaurants processed food manufacturers and home chefs pulled back on their use of the traditional fats like butter, coconut oil. But of course, when you use less of something, you necessarily use more of something else. And here's here's where my thinking diverges from most obesity researchers. So that that was interesting to me because there was like a, a time period where we can actually go back and say, wait a minute, the the rise in unwanted fat and the change in people's health started to occur during a certain time period, right? Um, and so basically they, they said that um, the writers pointed out between 1970 and 1994, the average U.S. adult's total carbohydrate intake jumped from about 200 grams per day to about 260, where it more or less has stayed since. And I don't think it's just about the carbs. 
So the average person did start eating more carbs, especially the kind of carbohydrate we call sugar. But there's a detail about the fat consumption that often gets lost in the arguments. Fat consumption consistently hovered around 80 grams per person per day, in spite of the reduction in butter, coconut oil, and other saturated fat-rich uh, fat foods. So this is something that I always get asked. Well, you know, fat makes you fat and blah, 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 blah. There's a point in time when all of this was tested. Mm. And so, so basically, saturated fat is actually a chemical term that refers to a type of fatty acid pres present in higher proportion in certain kinds of foods. We exchange one kind of fat for another, and that has made all the difference. So that was one of my big takeaways. And she, just, she says here in the book Deep Nutrition, she described how this fat exchange has increased our consumption of something called vegetable oils. So a lot of people in the like you know the vegan community the vegetarian community they think oh oils derived from vegetables surely that's healthy well we are going to learn more about these little known oils very soon and that's what this chapter was all about so mm -hmm. i know you've listed out the you know the the plans i just wanted to kind of throw that in there because when you take away something you're going to be utilizing something else and this book will break down why vegetable oils are probably that was the biggest takeaway from the book Deep Nutrition. Vegetable oils are terrible for us. Yep, and I mean that's something that's continued in this book. And again, one of the things that I I actually really appreciated was that the author was really helping us educate ourselves. Right? She mm -hmm. wasn't just saying vegetable oils are terrible for you; just avoid them. She went into the science and went into why exactly those specific vegetable oils, the way that they're extracted from the vegetables make them bad for our body and cause inflammation and I think one of the things that stuck out for me in that was that she was just really encouraging people to look at the ingredients in their food which mm. is something that you've encouraged a lot in the past and it's it's I think generally it boils down to this mindfulness and awareness that mm -hmm. she's really she's really teaching people to have so arming people to be more curious and educated outside of what they just learn in the book you know, they can go on and like question other things and learn more about their food groups, which I think was really powerful. Um, and you can kind of see that in the different phases of the book. Like I won't go into too much detail, but she basically like educates you on the habits that you form through, you know, the metabolically poor eating. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. she teaches you exactly about the metabolic process. So why it is those habits are bad for you and what why those food groups aren't giving you the energy the right kind of energy you need and then she gives you an actual actionable plan for getting free from those old habits learning new ones and then eventually moving to weight loss so i can share awesome. some of those insights but i just i thought that was really interesting I, you definitely broke it down very well and i think that should encourage people to read and and something that i think not only like like you said it's not about like oh vegetable oils are bad for you so don't eat them it's like okay let's understand why so we understand how it how it affects our cells but then you you mentioned a couple times the word metabolic or metabolism and i love her breakdown of of even the the definition of metabolism i'll read that quickly um your metabolism provides your body with energy a healthy metabolism supports pretty much everything your body does because every physiologic function relies on energy production 
everything from learning, memory, motivation to DNA replication, to cell division, to hormonal function, to the replacement of the old worn out tissue with new growth, to the removal of toxic materials from the body. Metabolism is way more than just burning body fat. It's, it has to do with our hormones. It has to do with, you know, like we talked about this earlier, how you felt better now more than any time in your life because of, you know, what's happening with your work and, and things like that. Like, this is what kind of like what metabolism is all about. You know, it's, it's when you dial it in properly and you're, getting, you're feeding your body the right energy, everything else works better. So I'll leave you with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's great. And, you know, maybe some listeners who already know about all of this might be thinking, oh, this isn't really relevant to me. But, you know, I think it's really good for people to brush up on the basics. And I think when it's presented in such a clear, accessible way, even if you know about this, maybe, and you're a trainer or a nutritionist, or, you know, you work in the biohacking or wellness area, you know, maybe this is something you can recommend to people who don't know as much, or maybe this will help you explain it to the people you talk to better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just, I'm kind of going on about the accessibility, but I think that's just one of its like strongest points in a, in an industry that is sometimes not very accessible. Yep. Absolutely. If it's easy enough for, I mean, and I'm, I don't mean this in any derogatory way, but if it's simple enough for me to send it to my mom and have her, you know, come come back to me and go, oh, wow, oh, wow, I need to toss this out, I need to toss that out, then I think this should be it for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so good point, Grace, good yeah. point. So I guess just to kind of like give five like really quick takeaways from the book, um, which are listed in one of the chapters, again, steering away from being like a book review, um, I think, you know, if anything else, if, if nothing else, take this from, from this episode, which are, you know, five rules or guidelines for making sure that you are trying to improve your fat burn. And actually, it's quite interesting to see how much of this already resonates with the advice that you've given out in the past, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first rule, which is unsurprising, is to cut out vegetable oil. No vegetable oil. So that's canola, corn, cottonseed, soy, sunflower or safflower. Um, so, and again, it's not just in the oils you use, but pay attention to the foods that you eat and what's been put into them. So like, what kind of pasta are you having? Does that have added oil? Um, and then just replace them with natural fats. So whether that comes from warm weather plants like um, avocado oil or from olive oil um, or from animal fats. So butter, ghee, lard. Um, the second is to use slow digesting carbs. So again, kind of common sense. Don't eat sweets or starchy carbs like fluffy white, high calorie breads and potatoes, that sort of thing. But look at you know eating more <clears throat> vegetables and slow release carbs. Um, I think those two are pretty like common pieces of advice that you give, right, Josh? Well, absolutely. And and but again, to your point, the fact that we're saying it again and again and again means that it's something we should really take to heart pun intended because um it's like when you hear certain things that you that you feel like you know but until you really break it down and see that oh wait a minute everything that i eat that comes from the store a lot of times these preservatives happen to be some of the some of the um the vegetable oils to so that it can stay longer on the shelf and things like that so that should just encourage people to cook more. If you feel like, wait a minute, um, everything I eat because of my lifestyle and because of my career, my work, 
requires me to eat out, then figure out a way to start packing and, and meal prepping like you do, you know? And let's face it, while we're doing this podcast right now, a lot of us are home still. And, you know, and a lot of us are, are home more often than we normally are. So this is an opportunity to stop buying the prepackaged foods, pre-prepared foods, and to start making your own foods and don't include the fats that you just listed or the, mm-hmm. the, 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 um, the oils you just listed and, and cl- include more of the healthy fats that you just listed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the third one was actually slightly surprising for me. This was a, definitely a lesson for me, which was add more salt to your diet, which, you know, again, it's something that I've always been told to, you know, reduce your sodium intake. It just makes you bloat. Like you don't need more salt when actually, you know, other than the additional the, the traditional benefits of making your food taste better it, it helps your f- your body organs function better it helps with your hormone balance it reduces hunger and it, it reduces cravings so i don't know that was i think you know i'd encourage people to read more about that but is that something you knew before absolutely and i think we've talked about this a couple times before on on the podcast just in random passing but you know there people should know that there is a difference there's a big difference between table salt table salt and and that form of sodium versus natural salts you know things like uh rock salt and pink himalayan salts and um ocean mineral salts and things like that but it's it's actually what is required so when we hear the words electrolytes a lot of times that's what is meant, you know, like having certain salts in our our foods and in our water and, and things like that. That's what actually helps us to absorb and to quote unquote hydrate our cells. You need to have different salts to, to pass through the cell barrier. And so um, what I used to do is I would always every morning take a pinch of, of um, Himalayan salt, a pinch of that in my water in the morning and drink that first thing. Obviously, you want to kind of test your levels of, of, of minerals and things like that. But um, if you've seen some of my videos with me posting about structured water, it's interesting. You cannot structure water with distilled water or like ultra uh, filtered water. You've got to have some form of salt. And so I use this uh, Omni Blue salt solution that comes from the ocean, from a, it's like an ocean mineral. And I put a few drops of that in my water every single day, and that's how I structure it. So when you structure that with like this, I have this uh, vector magnet thing that I that spins the water and does all these things. What it's doing is it's helping to realign the particles in the water to make it more beneficial for our cells. That, at the end of the day, is the definition of hydration. So if you want to be, become more hydrated, add a pinch of salt to your food. You don't have to go overboard. You probably shouldn't go overboard because you can have too much. But just the right amount, a pinch, will, will, will go a long way. Yeah, and I think it's also, it's very different, you know, putting a pinch of good salt on your vegetables or, you know, your nutritious meal compared to having, like, a McDonald's, which is, you know, obviously sodium-heavy, yeah, oil-heavy, you know. So I think, you know, there are different kind of degrees and everything. So this isn't this isn't a carte blanche to go and eat uh, takeout. <laughs> Exactly. Well said. (laughs) Um, And then the last two, I'm not going to go into too much detail because, again, they're super common sense. One is drink water. um, And we've dedicated an entire episode to that before. So we don't need to go into it. Like, go back and check our archives. Um, 
And the fifth one is smart supplementation. So, you know, getting the right vitamins and minerals, she goes into depth into the types that you should take. Um, because a lot of us, you know, we, we're depleted of, of, our, of our minerals and vitamins. And, you know, I'm not going to go into like, you know, the soil depletion and the, the effect it's having on our food. <laughs> That's for another time. But, you know, it's something to be aware of. Um, and it's obviously, as we've said in a separate episode, specifically about supplementation, it's best to get it directly from your food. Well said. So, so I, I think like if we had to wrap this all up, right, into a nice little bow, um, <clears throat> what should be the overall takeaway? I think the overall takeaway, personally, from my perspective, is allow this to be a part of your resources for anyone. Like you mentioned, you said it beautifully earlier, whether you're a trainer, or you're a health coach, you're a doctor, or you're a client looking for ways to improve, Definitely put this in your resource kit because I, I promise you, you will learn a lot of things that make your, 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 that'll turn on the light bulb in your brain and go, wait a minute, maybe I should adjust this. And it could be something simple or it could be something dramatic, but the effect should be that you start to feel better. Ultimately, you should feel better and then therefore maybe look better. I think that's also the obvious idea too, is to come away from this feeling better and looking better. Absolutely. I think that's really well put. I guess just from my ultimate takeaway is I think it's just useful to reframe how you look at your weight or your goals. And again, it goes into that argument of wanting to your body to function at an optimal level rather than trying to punish your body um, and starve it of like the nutrients and everything you need. So, you know, educate yourself. And if you don't feel like you've got energy and it's probably because of something like this. So just educate yourself more and use a resource like this, as you said. Right. And and before we wrap up completely, um, one thing I thought was also that kind of, I mean, I, I again, I haven't read the whole book yet, so I don't know if there is a discussion about uh, how to monitor your glucose and your insulin utilization and things like that. Um, I know there is discussion so far that I've read uh, about insulin and sugars and things of that nature, but I've uh, recently, now that I'm in LA, I was able to get a prescription for a CGM, which is an acronym for Continuous Glucose Monitor. And of course, any of us can go over the counter and get um, a glucose monitor where you do a finger prick, you get a little bit of blood, you insert it into a device, it reads out your, your blood glucose levels. Um, but having a continuous glucose monitor is this little patch with a, with a small pen prick uh, that is in the upper back of my arm. And I use that with this app that allows me to track my glucose and insulin levels basically anytime I want to. And what I'm learning from that is, wow, it's telling me everything that I put in my mouth and every activity that I do. If I go for a run, if I go for a heavy strength workout, if I go for a long endurance workout, it'll show me what's happening to my glucose levels in my body, hence my energy utilization. So we'll, we'll probably go in depth. Well, I, I'm sure we'll go in depth on what I've learned from this and how a person may be able to get one of these. 
Um, currently, right now, it's a little bit difficult because you do have to have a uh, prescription from the doctor. Um, and I can tell you right now, like just being out and about, having this white circular device on the back of my arm, I get so many questions. Um, but that's okay because this is kind of what I do and I use it as a, uh, as a conversation, conversation starter. Um, but the common question I get is, what is that? And then I tell them it's a continuous glucose monitor. And then they go, oh, do you have diabetes? No, I don't. I definitely don't want to ever get diabetes or become pre-diabetic. But one of the ways to find out how any of us utilize the food and the energy we do consume is by having something like this. So stay tuned because this is a tool that I hope, I hope actually becomes available over the counter. And until it does become over the counter available, uh, I definitely think we should all be having a conversation with our doctors to to find out if this is something that could that could be of, of benefit to you. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be one of our episodes if there wasn't an element of biohacking sprinkled in there. <laughs> Exactly. Technology. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I like yeah. it. I like it. Well, I think that wraps up this week's episode. I mean, we kind of went semi in depth into this book, um, but I think it's just it's a useful conversation starter, and um, I'm really glad that you recommended it, and we took the opportunity to, you know, just dive into some of the, the the points it raised. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, so like, like I guess as we wrap up. Um, I swear I love doing these episodes with you, and so I'm happy that we're still doing it, um, which I think brings me to gratitude. So um, I'll start off with the gratitude this time because this is at the top of my head, and it, I think it goes perfectly into um, what I just – what I, I think we mentioned it at the beginning. I know we talked about it before we started recording today, but I am super, super, super grateful for the ability to continue to work to do what I love, to be able to still have an income because, you know, I know it's tough for everybody. I mean, most of the people that are listening and whether it be my my friends, my family, my colleagues, the people that work for me, um, the people that I work for, my clients, everyone has been affected by this pandemic, this shelter in place, um, even this 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 recent shift of uh, protest and things with police brutality, the entire world is being transformed. Some people view that as as it's completely disrupted their sense of well-being, while others are saying are seeing that this is a, a blossom of something better. And I'm just grateful for this newfound awareness on everything that's happening around me. And um, I hope that we come out on the end of this to being one of the most historic moments in history for the better. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that was that's beautifully put. And I think, you know, as the, there's a quote from Hamilton that's going around a lot at the moment, which is this is a, mov- a movement, not a moment, um, mm. which I think is really powerful. And I think it's very humbling to be a witness to everything and, you know, I don't know, it's, it's very difficult to say something like this without sounding patronizing or weird as a white person, but I think just the this is a huge civil rights movement. And we're witnessing history, and everyone who is out there protesting or campaigning or educating or just having a conversation about this, really, like, this subject, which is a matter of life and death, you know, I think everyone's contributing to that. So 
you know, obviously I'm massively grateful to everyone who's taking part in that. Um, I'm trying to figure out what part I can play that's meaningful and not just a hashtag on social media. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just incredibly grateful for um, every opportunity to be educated and to try and amplify someone else's voice. So I guess that's kind of my gratitude. Well said, well said. You know, and listen, I, I think this also is important for me to say, at least uh, from my perspective. I, I know right now there's been a lot of um, discussion about what's being done. Is it right? Is it wrong? Is it helpful? Is it not helpful? All I ask is that we all just continue, myself included, we just continue to learn and we continue to listen because what's been happening is some of the voices have been muted for for generations and for 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 centuries and when the voice is finally heard it now sounds like a megaphone and you don't want it to stop right so you know whether you you feel like or whether you hear something you're doing is wrong or not just understand that we're all we're all in this to learn you know we we don't know because the, the entire world is shifting so whatever feels right in your heart do it and then you know if you find out later that it was wrong then okay learn how to rectify that but for right now we just need to continue doing whatever we can do doesn't have to be financial doesn't have to be anything visible because sometimes some of the biggest things that can happen is without being seen on social media so i applaud like you said i am grateful and i applaud everybody that has any amount of help throughout this time period keep doing what you do okay. so there we go that is my my two cents, my soapbox, um, and I do promise to keep the conversation going, and uh, and I also promise to continue. Um, you know, I've been getting a lot of of positive feedback from some of the stuff that's been happening with my lives, with you know, with with just using this platform as a voice. Um, so I thank you for those that have reached out and I'll also use this opportunity to please send this on to somebody, even if it's just this episode where we, we touch on a lot of things about health and wellness and how to, how to get healthier. But we also sprinkle in a little bit of this, uh, poignant information about current times. So send this to somebody because you never know, this might be that pat on the back that gets somebody to take the next step into helping someone. Yeah. And equally, I mean, you know, if you think that we're not doing enough or we, you think that we're not saying or covering something, then please let us know. If you think that there's a topic that you really, really need to talk about or a voice that we really need to showcase, absolutely let us know and educate us on how we can use our platform better. All right. Well, we're doing our part, Grace. So Thank you for always being there, for being a, a great support structure, um, and I'm, I'm happy that we continue to work together throughout these tumultuous times. Um, but yeah, this is, like like you've said before, this is kind of one of those uh, lights at the end of the tunnel that we get a chance to kind of step away and, and have fun and smile with each other. So thank you for being you, and thank you for listening, everyone. Um, yeah. Subscribe to the show. Give us some. <laughs> give us a, a rating. Hopefully, it's a five star rating. I've seen that we've gotten a few more, um, and we've also noticed that our, our our listens have gone up, and we've gotten more followers. So things are happening. So keep it up. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.